You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Sean Michael Crane, and at the age of 23 years old, he was sentenced to seven years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. He was able to utilize that time to become the most elite version of himself he had ever been. He is the founder and CEO of Unstoppable, uh, number 365MFR, I'm not sure I said that right, an elite self-mastery program for men looking to maximize their results in all aspects of life. He is the host of the Unstoppable Mindset Podcast found on YouTube and all major platforms. In addition, Sean is a keynote speaker, best-selling author, and family man. And personally, I got to meet Sean at a uh, conference uh, here in the Southeast in Atlanta, Georgia, Create Conference. Um, And man, this guy took the stage with power. Uh, he was unstoppable with his presence on stage. And I remember we had a, uh, a just a personal conversation, you know, out in the hallway there. And I, I, I walked over to Sean and I said, Sean, I misjudged you, man. You're this guy like, you know, in these muscle shirts and stuff. And I, I was just hearing just like the way you were talking with these other guys and stuff. And I ran some judgments on, in my own head, Startup Nation, on Sean without even meeting the guy. You ever done that with someone? I mean, just, I think we all have, right? <laughs> we all have, right? You just run these judgments, judge a book by its cover. And uh, then I, I heard his talk and I was like, wow, this guy has so much depth. He's been through so much pain. You know, a lion recognizes another lion. I've been through that pain, different, but same. And I was like, I owe him an apology. He doesn't even know I owe him an apology. And I walked over to him and said, dude, nice to meet you. This is what I did. I judged you and I didn't even know who you were and I just want to apologize. And he looked at me like, yo, that took something. I was like, yeah, that took something, right? So anyway, uh, Startup Nation, welcome Sean Crane to uh, your first 100K, top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Sean, welcome aboard. Let's get into your story, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, brother. Real quick before we do too, like honestly, I thought that was one of the coolest things that anyone's ever done is like you walked up and you didn't have to acknowledge how you were judging me or, or whatnot. And, uh, you did, you're like, Hey bro, I thought you were like 
a douchebag because <laughs> I had my guys there, right. That we were doing a mastermind um, in Alpharetta before the event. A lot of my coaching clients flew out. So we were all hyped up. We had been together for two days, just like really connecting. The energy was crazy. So we showed up and we were just all over the place, you know? And uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that was really cool. You man immediately. I, I just looked at you in a different light and I had a lot of respect for you. Cause you're like, mm -hmm. Hey, I judged you. I heard you speak, love your story. And then we kind of started chatting from there. But yeah, man. So now we're here. Um, life is beautiful. Before the recording, we were just talking about being grateful and like that whole perspective and how crucial it is. Um, but I wasn't always that way, you know, man. And and I'll let you ask some questions before I share my story. What do you, you know, where do you want to start? Yeah, let's start. Uh, I always start the same. Share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Um, well, that probably not so much now but insecure and then really like wanting the approval of others mainly when I was younger. And I think that stems from my childhood and like seeking that from my father and, and people around me. So I got, and well, and also I, I felt like a parent to my parents. So mm -hmm. I got very good at controlling situations and being a people pleaser because I wanted to keep everything calm and everyone happy and, and, you know, mitigate the chaos, so to speak. So I noticed that when I was coaching, although I'd done so much personal development on myself, like if I have a guy who's sabotaging and not doing good for himself, I would almost be too like nice to him and like, mm -hmm. be, all right, well, like, let's get you going Monday. Like, it's all right. And, and, and I found a lot of guys need more tough love and direct like leadership and guidance. So that's been an evolution of my coaching and just my um, approach to working with people is a little more tough love and really holding them accountable to who they want to be. Um, not, not appeasing who they currently are. And that's hard mm -hmm. sometimes because you're going to, potentially ruffle feathers or th say things that could potentially hurt people's feelings. But I found if you're doing it from a place of love and actually caring, it's much different and people feel that. Mm, that is so good. I think we all struggle with that. I definitely have, you know, just being a peacemaker, right? Yeah, trying to be a peacemaker, but sometimes that's not going to serve that person standing in front of you because it's letting them off the hook from the life they want to create that they, they hired you for. Right. And you're exactly. trying to, it's almost like, you know, when you raise your children, but your end goal is to be their friend rather than to raise them into healthy, you know, adults that thrive yeah. in society. And, and then you end up producing like these kids who don't even know how to do life. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's not the a same service. thing. It's the same thing. You know, um, if you really care about people and love them, you're going to teach them the lessons versus like uh, appease their emotions in the moment or what they want or their comfort seeking behavior, whatever it is. So, for me, I've noticed like the men I work with in just my my coaching program in general has you know grown exponentially since I really did that that self reflection that work on myself. Um, when I was younger, I was insecure. I think we all are at certain ages, but then because of what was going on in my home life, it made it worse. Mm -hmm. And that's you know that's not something that affects me now. I mean, I've done a lot of work just to become proud of who I am. And I, if so, for anyone listening, if you do battle with insecurities or self-judgment self-doubt like we've all gone through it the only way you're going to change that is by doing things that make you feel proud of who you are and doing them daily or as consistently as possible because mm -hmm. then you have no choice but to love yourself for that versus the opposite amen to that i know that hits home with one listener right now that's you 
All right, take his advice. Sean's already like starting us out pretty powerfully here. But Sean, I want you to tell us your story, right? And we're going to get into the business, uh, you know, Startup Nation as as always, right? We'll give you your top three tips from Sean on how to hit your six figures this year uh, and beyond. But as we know, like you got to build a business that's authentic to who you are, which means you have a story, you have a past, you have pain, you have struggle, right? And, and your strength comes from the struggles, as Napoleon Hill says. And so many times, like we forget that and we try to hide the pain, we try to hide the struggles and we end up like not having any strength to keep going, to, to fight for this business, to serve the people that we really truly care about. So I want Sean to just kind of go here for a moment and, and share his story that he shared on stage. He wrote a book around this called Prison of Your Own, Break Free of Limitations and Un Unlock Your True Potential. And he went first. And to me, that's the definition of true success, uh, true leadership is you go first, you go first, right? Then I'll follow. Like if I really see you turn everything around. So Sean, if you would uh, take us back in time, age 23, you get sentenced seven years in prison for a crime you didn't commit. Take it away. Yeah. I mean, it was like a nightmare, a living nightmare, you know, being 23 and thinking your whole life's over. Um, it rocked my world, man. And it was something that you have all seen in movies read about in the newspaper, magazine articles, whatever it may be, but you never think that it could be you sitting in that cell. And when that happened to me, my whole world was turned upside down. Everything I thought I knew about myself, everything I thought I knew about the world was just completely altered and challenged. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, people always say, man, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. And immediately I say, I'm not like, look where I'm at today. This my whole life, my family, my wife, my children, my career, what I get to do every day is all derived from that experience and so when i was 23 i was at a party and it was a college party where a big fight broke out and i ended up getting brought into it wrestling around with all these guys and i didn't know that two of the individuals were stabbing people in that fight and i ended up getting blamed for one of the stabbings because i had a guy's blood on my shirt and i was seen wrestling with him and it was something like, like i said out of a movie i mean the way that each moment um moment to moment the details what people saw it was all just predestined man i know that i feel it in my heart um and so when i was in jail though i'm sitting there looking at life in prison and man it was the, the, the biggest fight the biggest challenge you could ever fathom going back and forth to court hearing nothing nothing positive knowing my lawyers didn't even believe me everyone was against me and uh then sitting in a cell for 24 hours a day with nothing but time to just think and reflect and we all know that our minds can be our greatest asset or our worst enemy. Like how many people just ruin themselves because they can't control those racing thoughts or they, you know, let fear and doubt grip them and consume them. Um, that was me for many years. And so sitting in this cell, though, I started becoming aware of all of these things that are happening within us and around us all the time that we're not privy to. You know, we're distracted a lot. We're caught up in our own agenda. And so the world slowed down drastically and it almost felt like everything was in slow motion. And I started reflecting on myself, my life, my past. And I was able to start connecting the dots to all these things that I was previously unaware of, you know, and I was really like coming to terms with my life to that point and going through a lot of acceptance coming from a broken home, coming from um, parents who battled addiction, who ab abandoned us, you know, at 14, I, my parents abandoned me. Um, then battling my own addiction for so long. 
you know, and just like thinking I was a failure, I was a loser, having shame, having guilt, all these emotions that I had just suppressed for so long and numbed out with drugs and alcohol. I started to feel them and I started to analyze them and unpack them. And uh, something transformative took place in that cell, man. It really felt like liberation, like freedom, like this huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. And from that point going forward, I started making a conscious effort every day to move towards a person I really want to be and create a life that uh, I would be proud of. And at this time, I didn't know how long I was going to spend in prison. I just knew that every day in there, I was either going to be tormented and afflicted by my past and these negative emotions, or I could maybe find a moment of peace and some solace. And I started to. I started to experience tranquility, gratitude, inner peace on a scale and, and in a, like in a depth and level that I never experienced before in my life. And that's when everything started to change for me. At that point, I knew everything was going to be okay. I didn't know how much time I was going to spend in prison. I didn't know what the future held in store for me. But I just felt like I had unlocked something powerful within. And I just wanted to, my sole mission at that point, my sole objective every day was to continue to cultivate that feeling, that energy, no matter what I, what I had to do. Every day, that was my focus. Let's pause right there. Sean, this is powerful, right? And I don't want to miss a very valuable piece of wisdom that is a gift, I think, to our audience if they're ready to receive it. And that is... Th- this uh, incarceration forced you to do two things. It forced you to feel the pain of your past that you were suppressing and, and, and trying to numb out with all these pacifiers, drugs, alcohol, etc. And now you're without these pacifiers, so you're forced to feel the pain of all of it. And then you're forced to face the darkness that's, that's inside of you that we all avoid at all cost. And on the other side of the pain and on the other side of the darkness is the breakthrough, is the triumph, yeah. is the glory. It's the resurrection. You got to go through the crucifixion, right? And we all avoid yeah. the crucifixion. So we never get the resurrection and we're all chasing it. <laughs> but here you are in this small cell forced to go there. You know, thank you for that. Thank you for that. So I think you bring up a great point. You were in a concrete cell, a prison, but you also bring up this point that, hey, we have a prison in our own minds. So even if you're not in a physical jail, like so many people are walking around incarcerated in their own mind. Would you agree? Yeah, probably 98, 99% of society has been conditioned one way or another to believe in limitations and believe they're not good enough to do what they really want. Um, That's why I wrote the book, Prison of Your Own. And we'll get to that later, but I, I, I was shocked when I finally got out and came home to see how many people I knew who were in the same predicament they were prior to me going to prison or worse off. And just how many people I, I saw walking around living their lives as drones and zombies, you know? Um, even the way we speak about things, people would be like, oh, what's up? How you doing, Sean? I'm like, I'm great. How you doing? Oh, just another day. Just another day. Or like, oh, it's Wednesday hump day. Like, what are you so excited to get to the end of the week to do? That's not moving you forward in life. You know, people just, I felt bad for people, man, because there's this whole way of living in this whole existence, right, like right here, and they can't see it, you know? And so, yeah, most people created a prison within their own minds. They're thinking, their beliefs, uh, I can't, I'm not good enough. What if I try and I fail? What will people think about me? 
you know, all the negatives and they just confine themselves in this prison where they settle in life in their careers and their relationships for themselves. There's more that they're capable of. They want more. It's a feeling within them, but they never express it through action. So they never see the manifestation of those feelings. And they go through life that way and they die with untapped potential. They die with regrets. They, they die that way. Millions and billions of people. And it's like, it breaks my heart. So that's my whole mission now. If I can reach, like you said, one listener today that this really hits home for them. Like I got to change, you know, or one post on social media, one video, one conversation that alters someone's perspective. That's what this is all about. Hmm. All right. So you're in prison. You started to work on yourself, right? So you started to, you faced the pain, you faced the darkness, you started to get like all new revelations. You're becoming free in your own mind first, but you're physically still imprisoned. What did you start to do in this very hopeless situation of, hey, I may get free in my own head, but man, I'm like physically incarcerated for the rest of my life. Like I'm on this lifelong sentence. What's the point? of getting better? What's the point of improving if I never get out into the free world anyway? Yeah. You know, I mean, I never entertain those thoughts too often because they're debilitating. You know, they, the reality of your, your situation will hit you every so often and it hits you like a ton of bricks. It paralyzes you. Like all of a sudden, wait, life in prison. I'm never going home. And it, it will, it'll paralyze you. So you find ways to, I don't want to use the word distract yourself, but it's almost like stay present in the moment. I think so many people struggle to be present in the moment when there's something looming, whether it's a court case, a divorce, I mean, the economy, people are always like putting themselves in a state of fear about what could happen or what's to come. And they're not in the present moment. And so what jail and prison teaches you is how to live in the present moment and block everything else out. Because if you think about the past and the things you didn't do or what you wish you could go back to or whatever it may be, that's going to ruin you. Then if you're stressing over the future and what might happen, you're going to be just completely wrecked. So you start finding ways to stay busy and stay focused in the moment. And you'd be surprised how many things that you can find in your immediate surroundings that will occupy your attention. Like I had nothing, you know, in a jail cell and I found a multitude of things I could do every day that would occupy my attention and literally get me through the day. So it started with first just waking up. I would wake up and I, I started praying and like calling out to God or the universe. At that time, I didn't know what I believed in. I just knew that I needed help. I needed strength. And I felt I felt that there was, you know, something coming alive within me that I'd never known before. Um, and it was my spirituality. It was my relationship with God. I came to believe that I wasn't alone in that cell, that God had a plan for me and that I was going to be okay. And so every morning I would just like think of my family members. I'd think about my life. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd call out for help, for strength, for guidance. And that's how I started my morning off every single day. Uh, and then I would get up and I'd clean my cell and I would take my time. I'd clean it like it was a palace. I'd have a little floor towel. We'd put, you know, the soap they give us or a little bit of shampoo on the towel and clean our cell and just take pride in our area because jail is a filthy place. It's dirty. So we'd clean our whole cell really good. And then I'd go into about a two hour workout where I would just completely annihilate anxiety, stress, fear. Um, any, any negative emotions cannot coexist when you're in that like heightened level of um, you know exercise, gratitude, like these higher level emotional states. You can't have fear and doubt when you're just going through a burpee routine, you're exhausted and you're just like cultivating this energy internally. So I found that out very quickly that when I was 
struggling to breathe when I was exhausted, but I was pushing my body. I, I felt peace. Like I was, I was at peace from all those negative thoughts and emotions. Um, and then, you know, eventually that led me to wanting to continue bettering myself throughout the day. Like after the workout, I'd feel good. And for a little while, it was almost like you have this buffer zone where you can think more clearly, you can feel better. You know, the endorphins are there, the clarity's there. So I would write letters home and read. And that's what I started doing every day. Whatever books I could get, um, I'd read them. I'd write letters home. But something really interesting happened at that time. Uh, I faced a challenge, you know. So when you start to better yourself, you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be the best that you could ever be the first time you do it. A lot of people have false expectations. And when something doesn't go, doesn't go right the first time, they think, oh, see, I knew I couldn't do it. I knew I, was, I wasn't going to be that good. And they quit and give up and talk themselves out of it, you know. So at this time, um, I started writing letters home. And my letters were illegible. You know, my writing was bad. My spelling was horrible um and my dad even made a comment to me like man you know your writing looks like a second graders basically or a family member someone wrote back and they weren't trying to make me feel bad they were just acknowledging hey like you should work on your writing a little bit while you're in there basically um and so i started asking my cellmate hey how do you spell this word how do you spell that word how do you spell this word and uh one day he threw a pocket dictionary at me a little pocket dictionary <laughs> he said look it up he was all annoyed with me and i was like look it up and i knew this guy from the past so I didn't take it too personal when he did that, but I took it as a challenge. In my mind, I said, okay, watch this. Watch what I do. And every day I would write letters home and I started really taking the time, like hours to write these letters with perfect handwriting. Every word was spelled correctly. I looked them up in the dictionary. I made sure that those letters I was sending home were flawless. Even though it was a simple jailhouse letter, it started to mean the world to me because it was my writing. It was my words. It represented me and who I was. And like, if we don't do everything to the best of our ability, what message are we sending out to the world, right? So I saw that, I recognized that. And then I'd be reading these books that we were getting and uh, I'd come across a word I didn't know the definition of or meaning. And you know, when you read a book and you come across a word, you can pretty much understand what it means by the context of the sentence. That was how I used to read. But at this point I was like, no, I wanna know exactly what that word means. I wanna know the, the type of, uh, you know, is it a verb, is it a noun? I wanna know like what the definition is. And I started keeping a list of these new words that I was learning. And uh, I started then quizzing myself on them every night. You know, and this has happened over months and months of just me putting forth effort. But in a very short period of time, I felt my mind expand, my speed of thought, my memory. Uh, now I was reading and I knew what all these words meant. I was memorizing all these new words on my vocab list and then using them in my letters back home. I was even speaking to my cellmate using these words. And he's looking at me like, what's this, what's this guy doing? Who is this guy? So literally... In the 90-day, four-month period, I really started transforming parts of myself that I thought were concrete and permanent. And it just showed me that there's no, there's, there's no finish. There's no end to this game. Like As much as we want to improve and change with effort and being intentional every day, we can grow. We can expand. We can transform parts of ourselves that we thought were unchangeable. And it, that rocked my world, man. This is such a cool chapter of your life because you – made a definitive decision or a definite decision to self-school your yourself, right? Like you're like, I'm going to educate myself on these areas that I'm showing up deficient in right now. These are life skills. Yeah. yeah. Right? And you're investing in yourself knowing that, Hey, this is going to last this investment. Like I feel I'm expanding, not just my mind, but like me as a person is expanding and I could show up in the world more with more, right? So what an awesome opportunity. So 
People are starting to look at you differently. Why? Because you're showing up differently. So it started with your cellmate. Where'd you go next? What'd you do next? What'd you expand next? Yeah. So, I mean, then I was in prison. They sentenced me to seven years. I knew I'd do about six. Um, and in prison, it was all the changes I made in the county jail. I just wanted to continue to um, grow upon that foundation that I had found or that I had built. So in prison, I would you know work out once or twice a day, even harder. My workouts would get more challenging. How many um, push-ups yeah. did you did? You told us this on stage. How many yeah, were I would you do doing a, a day? A thousand push-ups and a thousand squats under an hour um, before everyone else even woke up. Like I'd be doing these workouts while everyone's sleeping before breakfast. Um, and for me, like, I love that, you know, I just wanted to really attack my day and I didn't want to feel like I was wasting a second because I knew that I was going to get a second chance at this point. And I wanted to be ready. I wanted to show the world who I was. And I just felt like every day in prison was an opportunity. And also it goes back to what I said earlier. I had to take a certain amount of action every day to continue to cultivate that feeling within that I experienced. When I was in jail and I started doing those workouts and reading, writing every day, I started feeling this gratitude swell within me that I never had before. And I started feeling pride in what I was doing and really like self-love on a level that I never could have experienced prior. And it just, it just opened up my eyes like, wow. So it's the daily actions. Like if I just continue to pour myself into these endeavors, you know, I'm going to continue to feel this way and grow and who knows what I could do or who I could become in this life. You know, it was like, it was inspiring for me. I was excited. I wanted to see what I could do with my life for the first time. And so, yeah, those push-ups and those workouts became um, habitual and other people would just look at me like I was crazy, you know? And then um, I, I was enrolled in a lot of different self-help groups. They had Alcohols Anonymous. I did that because sobriety was a, a focal point of my personal development. They had, um, you know, like, certain type of like counseling and, and drug um, programs that they put me in. Then they also had Toastmasters, which I participated in. And I thought that was so cool, you know, working on your public speaking, uh, how to articulate a flawless speech, all these different things that I was intrigued by. Um, and so then paint, it, paint us a picture right, right there. So Toastmasters chapter in a prison. Crazy. Like you're showing up like, and just speaking on a random topic in front of four or five other inmates. So, no, so every Tuesday at 6 p.m., they'll, you know, after dinner and everything, they'll, or throughout the week, they call people out at, at evening for different programs. So if it's like Monday's AA, um, you know, Tuesday was Toastmasters. So I went to my first Toastmasters. Someone told me about it. And I never forget, I walk in the room and there's about 15 or 20 inmates all dressed in blues. And I started listening to these guys speak. They were giving their speeches that they had rehearsed and they were incredible. I mean, some of these guys were just flawless. Uh, and I thought, wow, I want to be able to do that. I saw how the other inmates were looking at them, how everyone was just so captivated by their presence and how they articulated their message. And it was attractive to me. And I thought, I want to be able to do that. I want to have that presence, that prowess. Um, and so I started going there and learning the little things that they teach, the skill sets that they teach. And then it came time for me to rehearse and give my speech. And so I started doing that. I remember being in prison in this big dorm room, trying to find a quiet spot in the back where I could sit there and practice my speech. It was something out of like a comedy sketch, you know, mm -hmm. or in a dorm room and I'm on my rack and everyone around me is loud and it's noisy. And I'm like sitting on my back trying to memorize my speech, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, any chance I got, I was memorizing my speech. And I did. I gave about four speeches in Toastmasters. Um, I, you know, I got over my fear of public speaking. I got better at articulating my message, pausing, using your body language, all those little things they teach you. 
And it was, it was amazing. The reason I did it is because it was uncomfortable. And my first thought is I don't want to speak in front of people. So at that point, one of the things I did in prison is anything that I inherently tried to avoid um, or talk myself out of, I did it every time. Um, And so like the first time I had to speak in front of people in prison was in a drug program and my whole face got red. My voice was quivering. I was nervous and I couldn't even get through my speech. And it wasn't even a rehearsed speech. I was just talking about my life and my past drug history. It was my story, but I was so nervous. I couldn't, I couldn't properly speak. And so after that, I just said, you know what, I'm going to learn to master the the art of public speaking. I'm going to become an orator. You know, that's like a goal of mine. Uh, and any chance I got in a drug program, I'd raise my hand, I'd speak. And I, that's really where I became vulnerable. In prison, I started talking about my parents. For the first time in my life, I talked about seeing my mom overdose. I talked about losing my dad at 14. I talked about all my mistakes, you know, not going to school, not playing sports, not being the person I want to be. And I, I was just vulnerable in there. And it started helping me really feel better about myself and grow and get past my, my past, my skeletons too. Um, but also I noticed other guys were more likely to raise their hand and speak after I would go. And that was like a little seed planted, like, wow, okay, vulnerability is not a bad thing. I was taught that my whole life, you know, like, don't tell people what you're feeling, don't show them weakness. But I found a way to do it that was empowering, that wasn't weak at all. And I noticed it was helping the other guys. So all these cool things were happening. And then in prison, I found out they had college correspondence programs. So every day in prison, I was either going to self-help groups, working out, or um, writing papers and taking tests for college. Every day I was reading my textbooks. I was, you know, working on my assignments. And I never really felt like a, a prisoner. I always felt like I was somebody moving towards a better life, someone that was being productive, someone that was doing the best with what he had in that moment. And it was amazing. I took all these different courses, learned a ton about psychology, you know, basic business. They don't really teach you much about business in those courses, but a lot of things that continue to expand my mindset and really helped me to evolve um, on, a, on a cognitive level, on an intellectual level. So all those things were happening in that five years while I was in prison. Sean, this is such a gift, like this chapter of your life. And it's so counterintuitive for our brain to think of prison as a gift. But you said it early. You're like, I had time. Yeah. And what is everyone chasing right now in the business world? Well, they, well, want, they need they need money. They want money, but they need time, right? To create all these, these things they want. Exactly. They want more money so that they could spend more time doing the things that they actually want to do and less of the things they have to do. Right. And you were, you were forced into this gift of time. Um, I look at my own life, like I'm going through, uh, this upper cervical chiropractic care from a car accident or whatever. And I, I'm working with the best specialist in the state, uh, here in Florida. And I have to drive an hour each way to get an adjustment that lasts 10 minutes. And man, I was so negative at first. Like I just had the wrong mindset around this. And I was like, man, I have to do this. This is so ridiculous. If only like I had avoided that, that lady coming, running a red light, you know, hitting me. And then someone challenged me and they're like, yeah, but what's the positive in this? What's the gift? Like, how is this a gift for you? And I was like, Okay, well, that changed the direction of my thoughts. And I started asking myself that question, which you did. And I was like, well, I'm stuck in the car for an hour each way. That's two hours of time that I now have blocked out in my schedule. I wouldn't have blocked out before. 
I was busy with distraction. So now I'm using that time to fire hose my head with positive content. And oh my gosh, the shift that's been happening in me in the, over the past 60 days, right? It's, it's like what you're saying. So I'm so connecting with you right now. And I, we're saying that for you, Startup Nation, is right now you're so distracted in your life. You're so busy just doing, 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 but not being. And where could this adversity you're going through right now, where's the gift, the seed of equal benefit, as Napoleon Hill says, within the pain, within the struggle? Where is it? And if you're willing to start looking for that diamond buried deep underneath, you could turn this adversity into an incredible um, launch pad for your future. And that's what Sean's talking about here. He took seven years of, of prison pain and struggle and it became his launch pad for the life that he wanted to design for himself so what is that right now in your adversity that you're going through right now what's that seed of equivalent benefit that you can pull from that so sean i'd like to uh leapfrog us into uh you come out of prison you're completely different you're whole and complete in areas you never even knew were cap you were capable of and then you become this entrepreneur. Where did you start? How did you start making money around this? I know you're doing uh, seven figures in your business right now. Like you're a huge success in business. How did you begin this? Take us through that. Yeah, so I knew I wanted to work with people. I wanted to make an impact in people's lives. Um, when I got out, I had two things in mind. I was either gonna work as like a fitness coach and start going down that um, path or I was going to go back to school and get a master's degree and work with at-risk youth. I wanted to just make a, a difference in people's lives. So kids that were struggling growing up like I did, I wanted to help them. But I couldn't go back to school for about six months because the semesters, uh, you know, the way, the, the way it worked out, I wouldn't be able to go to school for about six months in the fall semester. So I was like, well, I'm not waiting six days, let alone six months, you know. Um, so I started going through my old contacts and I found uh, an individual who I knew was doing personal training in a gym. And I just told him, Hey, I just got out. I've been studying exercise, science, nutrition, anatomy. I love working out. It's changed my life. I want to work with people and help people like you do. Uh, where do I start? What do I do? And he's like, look, man, I actually have a lot of clients right now. And I'm looking to bring on another trainer below me. All you need to do is get certified and then come down to the gym, meet the owner and let's talk. So within two weeks I was certified. I literally locked myself in my aunt and uncle's uh, office, took all the tests, did all the, everything required. And usually it takes three to six months. I got certified in two weeks. I called him back. I'm like, Hey, I'm certified. I'm ready. What's up? He's like, dang, man, you're, you're serious, huh? I'm like, yeah, this is my second chance. I'm all in. And, um, so he had me come out to the gym and meet the owner and the owner's a great guy. Um, you know, he's a Christian, a man of faith. He saw the look in my eyes. He knew I wanted a second chance and he believed in me. And he said, okay, Sean, I'm going to let you train out of this gym. We know your history. We know your past, but prove us wrong going forward about who you are like right he didn't care about oh were you were you guilty or not like he he had a gym to run he knew um he had a community of people who he needed to take care of and uh he wanted to make sure i was a good fit for the gym so he gave me that chance and about six months after working there i decided you know i like this place i love what i'm doing but i want to be my own boss i don't want to work with someone else so i left the gym and started my own fitness company in santa barbara 
And I started training clients out of multiple gyms, traveling around, hustling every day, just doing whatever I had to do. And I started growing my client base. You know, I started making a little more money. I started to help more people. And at that time, COVID shut everything down, you know, and for a lot of you listeners, like the, you know, one of the things we talk about here, right, is your first hundred K. Like that was my goal just to get to 10 K a month, 10 K a month, 10 K a month. And I was slowly inching towards that. I wasn't, you know, quite there, but then COVID shut the gyms down. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do now? You know, I have now a wife and a newborn. My wife's pregnant again. My oldest son, Mason's 10. He's now like in the other room doing Zoom for school. Like what's going on? How am I going to take care of them? And it was just a really, really stressful, scary moment for us as a family. And I remember I was so close to going back to a nine to five. I was like so close to just throwing in the towel, my dreams and my vision and doing what I think a lot of people would have done is like make an impulse decision right off that vision. Say, no, I got to do that. You know, take care of the immediate need right now, which is money and my family. But something inside of me knew that that was not the right path for me. I knew that I could make it work. I already had a semblance of success doing what my heart was calling me to do, uh, kind of like forging my path, like finding that job in the gym, getting certified, then creating my own fitness company. And so I said, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going backwards. I'm going to start telling my story and I'm going to start helping people with more than just fitness. I can help guys who are depressed. I can help guys who are battling addiction. Like I overcame both those in a cell. I can help people with their mindset and their relationships yeah. and their habits. Like I transformed everything about me in prison. I can help people out here who are struggling and suffering. So I started going on social media and telling my story and being more vulnerable, more open, authentic, just showing up every day, every day, every day. And I created an online personal development program. And, you know, within like the first couple months, I hit a 10K month. I was like, wow, all my revenue came from online, all new clients. And I was like, wow, I just hit 10K. I couldn't hit 10K in a year hustling as a personal trainer. I just did it my first month. And from that point, I never went below 10K. Every month, I just continued to reach more people, help more people and generate more revenue. And that was right during COVID. So all through COVID, I was building my personal development program and really making an impact on people's lives. And from then, like everything just continued to, to shift in, in a positive manner for me. What a great turnaround story. Fantastic. Now my audience wants to know like, well, how did you do it? Like what specifically did you do yeah. to uh, put a course together to what, what were you posting about? What was connecting? What was your marketing strategy that was sticky that actually worked because they've tried so many different marketing strategies. They've hired the gurus, they apply it to their business, their models, and, and they don't get the results. They just get yeah. more disappointment. What did you do? So that's a really good thing. First of all, I just by chance ran into uh, an amazing um, coach. He taught me everything about marketing. Um, but <clears throat> this is the thing that most people don't realize. It's you. So the listener, it's you. Your results are a reflection of you. And the biggest mistake I think, or no, the biggest mistake I see people make is they're looking for the perfect strategy, the best coach, the best thing. They're looking external. It's you. How much time are you investing in self every single day? Like I had 2000 days of early wake-ups and thousands of push-ups in a jail cell and tons of books read and just so much personal development that when I got my chance, I was ready. I had the belief in self, the confidence, the conviction, and that is transferred in your messaging. People feel your energy. If there's doubt in you, if you're not doing the things that you should be doing for yourself, it's going to come out in your messaging. 
your energy is going to transfer that type of emotion. So the main thing that the listener doesn't want to hear but needs to hear is your personal development is your greatest asset. And that's the foundation for your growth, both both personally and professionally. So do more things every day that make you feel proud of who you are. And I guarantee when you're writing your messages or talking to people, they're going to feel a different energy from you. Your tonality, your body language, your eye contact, everything about you is going to scream confidence. And whatever you're selling or offering, they're going to believe in it more because you have that energy that you're transferring to them. So that's number one. Number two, your authenticity is your superpower. Stop trying to be like other people. Stop trying to put out a perfect message that you think people need to hear and just share your story. Share your struggles. Share how you overcame those struggles. Be that vulnerable, open book. And what happens is people will start to relate to you more because they don't see you as this perfect person that has no problems. They're going to be like, dang, John, dang, Joe, like he went through the same stuff I went through five years ago. Now look at his life. Like what did he do to make that shift? And they're going to be intrigued by you. They're going to want to like know what your solutions are, what your process is. So they're going to follow you. And then number three is like social media is the greatest tool ever invented for business right right now for marketing, for advertising. You can reach millions of people who fit your avatar, who want to buy your product or service right now. Millions, hundreds of millions, more people than you know what to do with. So the abundance mindset is really important because your customers are everywhere. So like, why aren't you reaching them? What's, what's wrong with your social media strategy? Is your messaging off? Are you speaking to the wrong people? Are you inconsistent? Are you using the wrong platforms? Like that's where we get into the execution and tech side, right? So once you have yourself dialed in, right? And you're willing to share your truth, your authentic, um, you know, stories, your, your, you know, your persona, your, who you are, like you're willing to share that person with the world. Then it's really knowing like, a good social media marketing strategy. I actually created a free ebook, bro. If you want to give it to your audience, anyone listening, I don't know if you want to, but it shows people every step that I've gone through um, to to grow my business from out of prison to where I'm at now. Like every step, how I how I construct my messaging, my content, what are the best platforms to use? Um, the platform that helped me the most, and I think for a lot of people, they overlook Facebook. I created a Facebook group and that took me to six figures very quickly. Because in a Facebook group, you can put together all your ideal clients, your avatars, right? Like all these different people that fit that criteria. And then you can give them value. You can share them with them who you are, your journey. You can start to, you know, provide a lot of like really good content to them. And over time, you build a tribe of people who know you, like you, and trust you. And they're more likely to buy from you versus Instagram or TikTok where there's millions of people and everyone's scrolling quickly, scrolling quickly. The Facebook group, they come just to see you, just to get to know you. And it's all about building a relationship with your audience, right? Like I love the the term, um, uh, you know, what is it? I can't even think of it now. Um, what is uh, something over conversion? You probably have heard of it. I'm drawing a blank now. Um, it'll yeah, it'll come to me. But seriously, treat your your audience on social media like you would if you're cultivating a meaningful relationship. Like build a relationship with your audience through your content every day. Don't just seek to sell them don't just seek to like promote your product or your service like really act like you care about their well-being in your content messaging i guarantee more people are going to be attracted to you you know that was such a big shift is to go from transactional mentality and business (laughs) to to relational right that's what i was trying to uh, that's what i was trying to think of yeah you said it right there that's that's everything if you really show people you care and you're showing up and you're being Honestly, vulnerability is, is so important because I think now on social media, everyone wants to put up perfect pictures and show that they have this perfect life with great results. 
And if you could show the results, but also you tie it into things that you overcame in the past and the lessons that you learned, people can feel that more and they're going to relate and connect to you more. Absolutely. You know, uh, if you had to start over right now, seriously, okay, everything you know, prison was your gift. It, uh, you mastered two things in there that you've shared. You mastered uh, two out of your three parts that make you human, right? You mastered your body, your physicality, your fitness, and you mastered your mind, your mindset, right? All that head trash. And then the third part is, you know, your spirituality. So I'm not sure how far you got there or if you would consider yourself you know, hey, I've mastered that as well, all three parts. But those two areas you mastered, and then you you came out of prison saying, okay, I want to go into one of these two areas to help people. Well, this first one is unavailable for six months, so I'm going to go into the physical fitness one because I've mastered that. You know, really powerful. Uh, where would you start over again right now? Like, you lose everything. This is a question you hear on other podcasts, but I'm actually just saying it because I'm so curious. Uh, you start over from scratch. You lose everything. Where do you start tomorrow? Nobody knows you. Your reputation's destroyed. Um, you're like you're broke as a just so broke. Like, what do you do tomorrow? To rebuild? yeah, I mean, so the the quickest answer would be well, first figure out a problem or a need that people are having. Uh, the bigger the problem, the more money they're willing to pay for a solution, right? Or like, how many people are struggling with the same issue? Like, let's say fat loss or let's say depression or let's say uh learning how to make money whatever it is figure out what that problem is so what would provide... sean, what would sean crane do tomorrow what would i do i would just go i would do exactly what i do every day i'd get up in the dark run in the rain and yell on my phone and share my heart and soul with the world every day that's all i do bro like I, life by design i get up early face my own negative thoughts my own demons so i get up early when i don't want to i go work out even if my body's tired and in the process of that i'm you know, delivered gems of wisdom from God, like the universe, like rewards you for that effort. Right. So I'll literally get up and just run in the morning. And as I'm fighting myself, fighting through the negativity, I get all these ideas, all these thoughts, all this inspiration. I just pull out my phone. And I share it and people feel that. So I would do that every day on every platform. I'd post all day long every day. I'd be relentless. I'd work out every day. I'd show people, I'd show them what I'm eating. I'd show them how I'm, I'm living. I'd show them how to live, you know, how to master self and live a, an ultimate life. And I, I would just do that every day, every single day, nonstop until people started DMing me or I'd DM them and say, hey, like, you know, you want to make a change? Do you want to live this way? I mean, it's very simple and straightforward. There's a lot of people out there who are struggling. A lot of people want things that they don't have. They don't know how to get there. So if you could find a solution to expedite that process, like you better be sharing with it and make more offers online. DM people, have conversations. Like if you really care about people and you know what you have to offer, will help them why are you not doing everything in your power to reach them like everyone's timid and scared oh i don't want to dm them or i don't want to sound too salesy like if you're thinking about sounding salesy yeah that's gonna probably mess you up more than just talking genuinely about what you're doing and why i can help people you know so don't think about the money think about the impact everything i do every day is derived from a thought that will help other people like i don't want to wake up and run in the morning i immediately think of guys out there who are hungover who are depressed who are struggling in life. I'm going to run and share a message and speak to them. I want them to see that video. And then I think about my wife and kids. I know that if I don't get up and conquer my own negative thoughts and demons, that I'm going to be irritable and a lesser version around them. And that's unacceptable. So those two things, that mental connection association to the actions is what gets me out of bed. So all day long, everything is like seeing the impact, 
seeing the impact. How can it affect other people in a positive manner? Startup Nation, aren't you glad I asked that question? I mean, that was I hope an, that was a good answer. That was an that authentic was answer because you were giving me the you know the cookie cutter answer. Well, here's what oh, you yeah. should do: you start, you do this or whatever. And then I was like, "What would you do?" And you're like, "Well, I would just yeah. show up, fight my demons, and keep doing what I'm doing. Like this is how I would do it. This is what's worked for me. Like this is who I am. Like nothing yeah. is going to change in how I'm showing up." I'm not concerned. What you're saying is like, I'm not concerned about the results. I'm committed to creating impact in other people's lives. And the way I do that is by constantly developing myself and then yeah, sharing. When you, when you believe in what you're doing, you want like, we, like I want this feeling so bad every day that I am consistent. I'll never miss because of who I'm becoming. You know, you hear people talk about the process, not the destination. It's so true. Like I, I'm in love with my life and what I get to do every day. And this is the same approach and mentality that I had in jail cell with nothing. And it would be the same approach and mentality if social media was gone and there was no business. Like I would still do this stuff every day, no matter what. I'm, I'm such a fan of what you're saying. Like people want to know, like, are you for real? Are you genuine? Are you really living yeah. this life that I want? I had the honor of one of my clients. He booked me at a, a retreat um, for eight guys. They're all uh, millionaires, mega millionaires. One of them was a billionaire. And I, they invited me in on their three-day retreat to spend nine to five one day to teach them. Right. So like I had a captive audience of my potential clients from nine to five and I walked them through uh, this content and I did a labor of love and created a little workbook just for these eight guys. Right. Uh, and, and that was the content. And, you know, I'm just pouring into them, pouring into them. And they're just having all these ahas and breakthroughs. But I remember there was this one guy who was the heckler in the group. Right. There's always a heckler. And he just kept cutting me off. And he's like every point I was making, not every point, but every other point, he was like, yeah, but where are you in your life? Are you there? Is that you? Like he was checking in. Like, are you for real? Because I want this. But I need to know that you did it and 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 I can have it. Like, are you living this? And like, I wasn't shaken by it because I've lived it and I've gone through the darkness. I've gone through the pain. So I didn't take it as a challenge. I was like, wow, this guy's hungry. Like he really wants it. And that was such an example of what you're saying, Sean. Like people just want to see, are you for real? Did you go through the darkness and come out the other side? And are you willing to take me there? And I think that's what you're, sh you're saying here. And, and yeah. Startup Nation, that's, that's for you. Like, what's the darkness you've already walked through and came out the other side successfully? And yeah, well, you because it, it qualifies you. Like, who am I to help another guy battle his demons if I haven't overcome my own? Like, I'm not qualified. So prison qualified me. When I was incarcerated, I knew that it was an asset. I knew it was. I knew it was going to differentiate me from everyone else in the marketplace and that very few people had that experience to draw from. So from a marketing standpoint, it's very intriguing. When I talk about prison, people are like, wait, what? You did how much time in prison? Wait, you didn't do it? So it opens them up to the deeper message of how to you know, conquer their own demons, how to master self, what are the things they have to do every day. Everyone's heard about self-talk. Everyone knows about habits. Everyone knows why exercise is good. Like you hear it all the time, but the context is off. When you tie it to a story that's emotionally charged, like I've been able to do, then you get people to really open their eyes and go, wow, so Sean was in prison, but because he worked out every day and he was taking care of himself, it helped him through that dark time. So he wasn't defeated. So he actually came home a stronger version of himself. 
wow, and it led him to like t- tackling other challenges like college courses. And then, you know, because of that experience, he had the confidence to write a book when he came home. And now they start connecting the dots and they're like, wow, wow, I want something like that in my life. But if I was just like, yeah, you should work out because, you know, when you're fit, you feel better and having abs is great and eat broccoli and, and you know, chicken because you'll live forever. And like, no one feels that. You got to talk to people in a way that gets them to feel on a deeper level. You know, and Ed Milet always talks about like why McDonald's is so successful, not because, you know, they have the healthiest food or the best marketing strategy. They sell happiness. They correlate happiness with their product. So if you can do that on some level with your clients and you you sell them the dream, the vision, you cultivate the vision for them. You help them to see what your product, what your service is going to do for them later on and how that's going to impact their life. You're you're going to have a lot more success. Powerful startup nation become the dream that you're selling to your product. Uh, sorry, become the dream that you're selling to your client. Like you got to go first. You got to live it, become it, do all that personal development, do the hard work, right? Face that darkness, come out successful, and then sell you, sell the life you created for yourself. And people are like, wow, this I want that. How do I get it? Well, let me show you. This is what you do. We've been speaking with Sean Crane, uh, Sean Michael Crane. You can find him at seanmichaelcrane.com. Uh, and he is going to offer you that free ebook at the end, which was a very generous offer. Unfortunately, we're running out of time here. We have just a few more minutes with him. But man, he has shared his heart. He shared his, his uh, past, his struggles with uh, authenticity. He shared the vulnerability. That was, that's his secret sauce. And we've covered so much here. And Sean, now we're about to enter my favorite part of uh, the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. Um, Let's go. Yeah, for sure, man. You have three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. Just, just share what comes first. Uh, It's like a game show minus the prizes. You ready? Yes, do it. What's your favorite thing about owning your own business, going out on your own, taking all this risk? I get to do what I want when I want it, how I want it. Amen. What's your least favorite thing? Nothing. I love my life. I mean, there's more responsibility, more stress, but it's worth it. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with right now, uh, either professionally or personally? Uh, this thing that's called balance that doesn't exist. So instead of balance, just being fully present and intentional everywhere I'm going every day and pouring into the people that I'm with. Um, it's challenging sometimes when you get tired and you have a million things going on. But if you could train your mind to be present everywhere you are, I guarantee you'll be happier and you'll get better results. So cool, man. That's exactly what the topic was for the eight millionaires is like, how do I create harmony, not balance harmony in my personal family and business? Can I share that real quick? Cause this yeah. is important, man. So when I go work out and I'm doing like heavy leg day, I psych myself up. Like I know what's to come. I'm going to attack it. Right. Um, or a long day of business, all these appointments, I psych myself up. So the, the thing I do is like when I'm coming home after a long day, I do the same with my family. I get like pumped up, like, let's go. And I'm going to be the best dad. I'm going to be so fun. I'm going to read every book. I'm going to play these characters and oh, I'm going to sweep my wife off her feet. Like I just, so I'm learning to channel that same mentality because working out is easy for me. You know, that's like my thing. Uh, business is easy for me. That's my thing. Family, I love. I'm a family man, but you got to like be able to turn it off and turn it on in different ways. So for me, just being intentional, it's, that's what it's all about. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome, man. What are you most afraid of? Uh, not maximizing my potential, making excuses and dying with regret. Yeah, for sure. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Uh, just a million things that didn't move the needle. Um, so like pretty pictures, shiny object syndrome, perfect looking website, 
infographics. No one cares about that. Just speak to their heart and be vulnerable and be real. What secret fear do you have about people? Uh, that they won't like me. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Um, really just about how important consistency is. Yeah. What's a new habit? And I, going... so, Go ahead. Um, just like the thing that really hockey sticked my revenue and my growth, my business is when I started literally showing up every day, all day, all over social media. But I think it takes a little time to really get convicted in your message and to refine your message to the point where then it hits. And when you do, if you're a coach, consultant, or someone building a brand, show up every day, all day, and don't be scared to oversaturate the market. You want people every time they turn on their, their channel to see you and either block you and get sick of you or sign up for one of your programs. They're like, this guy again? He's everywhere. Yeah. That's good marketing. When they say he's everywhere, that's good marketing. What's yeah. a new habit you're going to create this year? <sighs> Surfing with my, my wife once a week. Dude, that's awesome. What's a bad habit you're going to break this year? biting my nails uh i used to do it when i was a kid and then like i lately i just like i'll be like doing an interview with you and i'm like picking up my nails it's just a it's a habitual thing um but i don't like it so i'm gonna break it good pick three words to describe who you are now oh relentless passionate um family man uh, that's nice. more than three but nice. you gotta throw that last one in yes you do pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business Ooh, um, curious, hungry, uh, willing. And last question, Sean, if you could come back to life after you died, look at your wife, your kids in the eye, your family and friends, and give them only one piece of advice about true success in life, what would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, it's not a thing. It's nothing external. It's within you. It's a feeling. You don't always need more. Like You need to just be honest with yourself and do what your heart is calling you to do. And it's, it's a feeling within. It's nothing external. Don't worry too much about what other people want from you or what you think society is telling you you need. Like, you know, you know what you need. Just become that version of yourself. All right, Sean. Awesome. And this is where you get to give Startup Nation, my audience, a homework assignment for this week. What is one action they must take if they want to make the changes in their life they know they've been avoiding? I love that. Uh, set up a morning routine. So make sure the first 30 to 60 minutes of your day uh, allow you to be free of distractions, no phone, no email, get up, drink your coffee or tea, whatever you do, and just reflect, ask yourself, how do I want to show up today? How am I showing up in my life? Ponder those, those questions Then write down what you're feeling, write down what you're thinking and then be intentional, write down how you're going to show up to create a 10 out of 10 day. What are the things you're going to do today that are going to make you go to sleep tonight going, damn, that, that was a perfect day. I could have done anything better with what was on my list, what was on my agenda. That was a 10 out of 10 day. But you need to have the morning to get your aim. If you're jumping up and just racing out the door, getting on a phone or a laptop, you're, you're going external. You're triggering a stress response. You're reactionary all day. And in order to really cultivate your magic, your genius, you have to tap within and really center yourself around what you want to do. And you'll, you'll find that creative energy and all the stuff that's eluding you will start to materialize in the form of thoughts and visions. And then you could act upon it. You know, it's so powerful what you said when you're reactionary all day, it becomes like an avalanche of reactions, right? It just sets off your whole day in reaction mode and you're constantly finding yourself putting out fires. So if that's you, Startup Nation, that's why you're not being intentional in your morning. So you, you're just doing life in reverse gear, right? That's pretty much what Sean's saying. And he's saying being intentional in the morning and create an avalanche of intentionality throughout the rest of your day. So you're actually yeah, designing I mean the life you want. If they want a free blueprint I give away on my website, I think you're going to um, 
share it on my bio, but at SeanMichaelCrane.com, I have a, I call it the unstoppable mindset blueprint. I, I talk a lot about what are their habits and routines that are going to help you to save time, be more productive and be more focused throughout your day. So it starts from the moment you open your eyes to the moment you go to sleep. But when you streamline these certain routines and put them together, you're, you're going to feel like you get two days out of every one. Um, it's literally a game changer. So go check that out. It's a free download. That is awesome. All right. So go check that out. Go get that for yourself. Uh, where do they get your podcast? Where do they pick up your book? What do you got for them, brother? Yeah. So on SeanMichaelCrane.com, there's links to all the, all the different things I do. Um, podcast is Unstoppable Mindset on YouTube and then all major platforms. And then the book Prison of Your Own is available on Amazon um, and a lot of different platforms as well. If you just Google Prison of Your Own, Sean Crane, it'll pop up. Fantastic. Startup Nation, did you love this episode with Sean Crane? I did. I got a lot out of it. I hope you were taking notes. I was taking notes. I got notes. I got notes, Sean. I got notes, baby. Let's go. go. All right. If you love this episode, please go write a honest review for Sean. You could do that at Apple Podcasts. You could do that at first100k.com. You could do that at stitcher.com. Uh, and if we love what you share, um, we'll go ahead and give you a live shout out on the show, which I'm about to do for handle WQT. WQT wrote a five-star review for your first 100K podcast wrote authentic and transparent podcast. Uh, JW is authentic and transparent, and so are his guests. It is a breath of fresh air to experience such honesty and real conversations. I agree. I highly recommend uh, Joseph's podcast very highly. Uh, thank you, WQT. I mean, Sean literally just showed up that way, right? authentic and transparent, huge value for you in your life. So thank you, Sean, for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you for having me on. Cheers. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we wanna to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? 
Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.